0: Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit RenewingTheCenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today on the podcast, we're going to look at Matthew 11. And this passage is actually not a part of the daily lectionary for today's reading, so if you're following along, you'll notice that I'm reading something that you don't see there on the list. I chose this passage because I think it follows on thematically from something we looked at last week, specifically how John the Baptizer points us toward Jesus. But today we're going to take it in a somewhat unexpected direction. Uh, this may not feel very Adventy to you, But I think it is. I think there's a real invitation from the Holy Spirit to each and every one of us. And so I'm going to read beginning in verse 2 in Matthew 11, and then we're just going to pray after we get through verse 11 and see what the Lord has for us. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered him, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, I pray that you would help us to hear the scripture today, God, and and not just hear it like hear it as in read through it and think about it. But God, I pray that we would hear the invitation of this spirit for each and every one of us. God, especially as we navigate this very strange Advent season in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So last week we heard John the baptizer say, prepare the way of the Lord, and we uh, focused on that being a real invitation for us during this Advent season. Well, now we see something else happen in the life of John the baptizer that I think also points us to Jesus. So I'm going to go through this text, and we're just going to sit still and uh, let John teach us. Uh, Maybe let John give us a window into our own souls. I think the Lord has something for us today. So there are a few movements in this passage that I think we need to sit with and recognize. The first one is this. John the baptizer is in prison. He's in jail. He's never going to live free again. He was incarcerated for speaking out against King Herod because he was with his brother's wife, and Herod did not like John's challenge to his authority, and so he ends up in jail waiting to be executed. And so this man, this forerunner, this man almost from another time who lived in the desert and called people out of the clutter of their lives to listen to the Lord. This man who prepared the way for Jesus is now in prison. And we also know from the Bible that John the Baptizer was Jesus's cousin. He, His mom, Elizabeth, and Jesus's mother, Mary, were cousins. They were relatives to one another. And so John had extensive exposure to Jesus. And if you look back at the biblical account, John was given compelling evidence in his life for Jesus. Uh, John was given an experience and exposure to Jesus, um, powerful encounters. He saw Jesus work, he saw Jesus minister, and he had a lot of evidence and was very convinced during his life. But the second thing that we see in this passage is that while in prison, awaiting his execution, at a very low point, John begins to have doubts about Jesus. And I just want us to sit with this for a minute. If John, the fiery preacher prophet who declared so powerfully that Jesus was the Messiah, this guy experiences doubt. His situation and maybe even Jesus's reputation, they just don't match the coming kingdom that he had spent so much of his time and energy proclaiming. And so John, Jesus's own cousin and beloved friend, begins to wonder whether Jesus is the one. So why would he do this? I think it's likely that Jesus was simply not fitting the script that John had drafted in his mind. Jesus seems to be working in a different direction altogether. So instead of stirring up trouble with the Roman government, Jesus is befriending tax collectors and sinners. And the bottom line is this, Jesus was not meeting John's expectations and John is disappointed. He's upset and his sadness and his upset feelings are actually giving him the experience of doubt. And I think that right here, there's an invitation for each and every one of us to acknowledge doubt when it comes into our lives. There's an invitation for us here to be real and honest and to acknowledge that there are times when God doesn't meet our expectations, when he doesn't do what we want him to do. He doesn't show up in our lives like we thought he would show up in our lives. He, he doesn't give us that happily ever after. Things don't seem to be going well. And right now in the middle of the mess that we're all facing, as we're marching toward Christmas in the midst of a pandemic with a divided nation and injustice all around us, this is a time where many of us would say, if we're honest, well Jesus certainly hasn't met my expectations this year. See John was going through a real dark time in his life and that dark time actually caused him to lose sight of some things. And I think the same is true for you and me. When we walk through seasons of darkness, we lose sight of things. Things that were once clear become less clear. And if it happened for John, then I think we all should see that this same reality is going to happen to each and every one of us from time to time as we progress through our lives. But here's the kicker. Rather than distance himself, rather than go sulking into an existential crisis that results in the loss of his faith, John asks Jesus for clarification. See, John engages Jesus in the middle of his doubt. He seeks answers. So how do we engage doubt? how do we engage disappointment? Do we stuff it down? Do we self-medicate? Do we become cynical? Too often the answer is yes. Or do we give it voice and actually give it voice by asking God for help? See, John, I think in this sense, is a patron saint of those who have doubt because he doesn't deny that he has doubt, but he actually in acknowledging his doubt, he reaches out to God. I believe that there's a real invitation for you right now. If you are going through disorientation and doubt, there's an invitation to voice that doubt to God. I just want to say this to you. The Lord can handle your questions. See, I think for me in my own life with God, my faith is deepened as I've given voice to doubt because I now realize more than ever before that God is sturdy enough to handle my doubt. And maybe that's what you need to hear today, that the Lord can handle your questions, that God can handle your disappointments, that God can handle even the frustrations of life that are causing you to question whether he is good or even whether he's real. Doubt is a very normal part of life. And when I read a text like this, I'm actually so encouraged by the fact that if John the baptizer, that cousin of Jesus, that fiery prophet, that forerunner man who said, prepare the way of the Lord. If he would doubt, then of course I'm going to doubt. See, I think many of us are too afraid of our own questions. And so what we do is we stuff them down or we verbalize them in really fatalistic, childish, and cynical ways, like non-open ways, angry ways. The Lord wants us to give Jesus an opportunity to meet us in our doubt. So what does Jesus do when John verbalizes his doubt? Does he send word back to John shaming him for questioning? Does he say, who in the world do you think you are? You know who I am. Does he shut him down? Does he box his ears? Does he tell him, well, I'm moving on to the next prophet because you're just, you've lost the plot. No, he doesn't do any of those things. He sends word back to his cousin, John, encouraging him. Hear this, y'all. Jesus does not shame us when we express our doubt to him. He wants to meet us there. So what, what does Jesus effectively say? I mean, you can look at the text and hear it. You, you could rewind the podcast and listen to what he says. He gives all these evidences. But what's he effectively saying there? He's basically saying to John the same thing that he says to you and me. He's saying, look at me, not your circumstances. See, John was doubting, just like I do, because his circumstances were desperate. He was in a really hard place. He was depressed. He was pushed down, sad. And Jesus looked at John and said, John, remember who I am. Look at me, not your circumstances. And then he answers the people who come to ask the question, and he says, go tell John what you hear and what you see. So hear what he's doing there. He's saying to someone who has clarity, he's saying to people who are with Jesus, who are experiencing what John used to experience but isn't currently, and he's saying to those people who are in the current open place with him, go and encourage John with what you see. And I believe that the Lord wants each and every one of us to be the kinds of people who are encouraged when we're in a dark place by others, and then who seek to be an encouragement, When we're in a pretty good place for people who are not in such a great place. And so there's a sense in which Jesus says, I'm still working, John, even though you can't see it. And I believe that as we get closer and closer to Christmas, the Lord would say to each and every one of us, especially those of you who aren't really seeing or sensing the presence of God, the work of God in your life. He would say to us, I'm still working. I'm working in your waiting. I'm working even though things are hard. I'm making a way even though you feel stuck. And I believe that us remembering these things, hearing these things from God, it constitutes an invitation for us to trust him in the darkness. So Lord, I pray for my friends. God, I ask you to give us the grace that we need to trust you, even as we sit sometimes in uncertainty and dark spaces. Father, I thank you for the fact that John verbalized doubt, so we're able to verbalize doubt. But Lord, I pray that we would verbalize it to you, that we would put our questions to you, and that we would be willing to hear from others who are in a clearer place than we are, so that we can return the favor one day. God bless my friends. Watch over them. Take care of them. Watch over us as we walk ever closer to Christmas morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.
1: If you would like to continue meditating on what you heard today, take some time to recall an idea or an image that encouraged or challenged you in this episode. When things stand out to us in God's word. Or in our lives or in what we're reading or in devotional talks, it often means that God is offering us His help and His guidance. When you have your idea or image in mind, carry it with you as a prayer, coming back to it in the spaces throughout your day. How does it speak to you and where you are right now? What does it say about God and what He wants for you? Speak to Him about these things. Listen for His still, small voice and respond to him as simply and as honestly as you can. Thanks for listening. We look forward to having you back here again with us next time at Renewing the Center.